three, two, one. What's up? It is uh, Wednesday, the 4th of July, 2018 at 3.38pm. And yes, the sun is starting to set, even though we live in Australia. Uh, it's a really nice day outside. Nice and sunny. Beautiful blue skies. It's been a good day today. First, uh, I'm finally back to actually training properly. First lower body session today. Just had, you know, easy, pretty much I just did a five by five on squats. And then I did uh, three accessory movements, all three sets of eight. So just a, just a pretty easy workout, just getting the technique back, making sure the central nervous system's um, getting used to lifting the heavy weights again after about a week out of training heavy. Uh, but I feel good. You know, the body feels good. Uh, I feel well fed. I can finally eat properly again. So I've been enjoying my food a bit. And, you know, life's good today. Um, my dog's doing well. Everyone's doing well. So I'm having a good day. I hope you are as well. Uh, or I hope, obviously, the, see, the time difference fucks me up because you guys listen to this on Thursday morning. So I'm. I, I, I speak like right now, like I wish you've had, I hope you've had a good day thus far, like I have, but obviously by the time you listen to this, you know, you would have had the full day of Wednesday um, while I'm still experiencing Wednesday. So basically that's how it's working. Um, not, not too much to go through. We've got a couple of things, a couple of things I've written down because of, of, honestly, geez, I hope I don't start it today because I've got a bit of a headache. Uh, I found them really, I don't know if there's some nerve endings in my teeth still in my gums, but I've been really sensitive to like vibrations it through my ear, like loud things in my ears that it feels like it's vibrating my head. Like I was in the city yesterday, uh, getting my stitches out, which feels fucking phenomenal by the way. And like the, the vibrations of the fucking trucks and that's another thing. Like it was just so bit. Sydney city is so busy and it's like, it just reminds you like I live on the coast and I, I fucking honestly I cannot stand this attitude that everyone on the coast seems to have or not everyone, but a lot of people, they seem to think that the grass is greener on the other side. Like that as soon as they either finish school or they're always going on holiday away from the coast. I'm like, what the fuck do you want? Do you know what I mean? Like, do you like how could you not like the coast it's literally just over an hour from sydney there's way less people here but it's still quite densely populated like it's not like a country town but it's a little bit more rural rural than sydney is you know there's barely any traffic ever unless you're driving at peak hour like peak peak hour you know really what the fuck is there to complain about the weather's perfect like I'm looking outside right now, it's about 17 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, beautiful blue sky, it's dry, it's fresh, it's literally a perfect day and everyone wants to go away and fucking live on top of each other in a you know, two square meter room um, paying 700 bucks a week in Sydney and there's nothing wrong with living in Sydney, I'm just saying like um, I think... A lot of people like are like, oh, you know, fuck the coast. I want to get off the coast and shit. And it's like, mate, just enjoy it. Like, I don't know what everyone's problem with the coast is. And obviously, if you go to uni in Sydney, then it does make sense 
to live in Sydney. You know, that that's just logical and it makes sense. But um, I think, you know, like, for example, there's heaps of adults who, you know, go away, like a, have a, like a holiday home somewhere else. And I'm like, what the fuck do you need a holiday home for? This is a holiday. You know, aside from having to go to work, living on the Central Coast is literally the perfect life. And I challenge anyone to find me a better like a better climate and a better area, a more livable area to live in than the Central Coast because it is literally perfect, has everything. So like I just, everyone always seems to think the grass is greener on the other side and I just don't think it is. Like I know it sounds stupid, but I honestly cannot see myself living anywhere in the world other than the coast. I just, I love it. I honestly, like I commuted to Sydney for rugby last year and it really make it really highlights how much I dislike Sydney. And I enjoyed playing rugby in Sydney, and I most likely will go back to play rugby in Sydney. But like, I just don't like Sydney. I don't. There's way too many people in not enough space, and you know it's polluted. There's always some fucking cunt blowing cigarette smoke in your face. It, it's just ridiculous. Like, and I'm not saying it's not really nice, but honestly, the only nice part of Sydney is Sydney Harbour. And that's pretty much like the most picturesque, um, picturesque, I guess, postcard place in the world is Sydney Harbour, other than like the Eiffel Tower and fucking the Empire State Building and all that bullshit. It's pretty much Sydney Harbour, so Opera House and the Harbour Bridge. But, you know, like I love living on the coast and I really can't see myself moving, Uh, not for the foreseeable future anyway, which is which brings me to another point is when the fuck am I going to open this gym? I need to start need to start actually working on it. Obviously, I'll start planning and shit. I don't want to be one of these guys who everyone, this is the thing, man. Everyone in 2018 wants to be like self-made and shit. Like I hate this notion that you have to come from nothing to be something. You know what I mean? Everyone wants that started from the bottom. Now I'm here kind of outlook. Like, why can't you come from something and become something as well? Do you know what I mean? Like everyone wants to play the hard luck story of, you know, look, you know, I grew up with no money and fucking eating, you know, white pieces of bread twice a day for five years. Like who gives a shit at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to make it look like I'm doing something more important than what I'm doing. So I hate it when people say, you know, oh, big things coming or, you know, watch out for this, watch this space motherfucker, I'm not watching this space and there's not big things coming. You know, Elon Musk can say big things coming because he's literally changing the fucking game, changing the world. But, you know, you starting a online training business isn't fucking big things coming. It's every single other cunt with, you know, a fucking undercut and tanned skin has, you know, has an online training business. So it really doesn't change anything. Yeah, and I have an undercut, but I don't have an online training business. And honestly, I'm a fucking OG of this shit. Trust me. You know, I don't need... That's the other thing. When I train, you know, that's... I don't have Facebook. I don't have shit. I don't post photos of me fucking dumbbell curling and shit because who cares? I do it because I actually enjoy it. I don't do it because I need the attention. Like, And that, that's the biggest thing, like... I've noticed this is like, can people just fucking do something and not expect to be validated for it? You know, especially with lifting, with going to the gym, like 
everyone wants a fucking pat on the back for going to the gym. And it's like, look, why don't you just do it because it's enjoyable or do it because it's good for you? Like, why do you need people saying, oh my God, you go girl, fucking new goals, new week. Shut the fuck up. Honestly, just live your life and stop. Everyone's always on their phone, like everywhere. All right, fuck it. I'm, hold on. I'm just, sorry. I was nagging out pretty hard there. I just need to, need to move past it. But honestly, it's just like, I just think people, people, a lot of people are just so fucking uh, illegitimate. They're just really fake and insincere with their actions and what they say and shit. Um, Continue on training. Uh, CrossFit released their new uh, documentary on Netflix. I think a couple of days ago, I've watched it and it's it's really good. Um, It's called, I'm not too sure what it's called, but the first two are called Fittest on Earth. So if you just search Fittest on Earth, uh, if you have Netflix, it'll most likely come up. I think there's um, there's Fittest on Earth 2015, 2016, um, and then there's this third one. I'm not too. It's it's not called Fittest on Earth, but it's something else. Uh, but you know, have a look at it. It's I, I think it's a 2017 movie. It's really good. Uh, it's really good. Um, all three of I'd recommend you watch all three of them. It'll take you. Uh, I think they're about an hour and a half each. So spread it out, I guess unless you have one free full day, um, but they're really, really good. And, you know, I think, geez, I've gotten into a lot of disagreements with people about CrossFit. Like, I think CrossFit's great. I'm not someone who thinks that CrossFit is retarded. I just think CrossFit, you shouldn't train a sport with another sport. That's what something Christian Woodford says, is you shouldn't, for example, you shouldn't train um, a basketball player just with powerlifting. You know, you want to be develop a well well rounded athlete um, to perform their sport the best. So, for example, CrossFit's a sport. Like, it is literally, it's a sport. It's not a way of training. It is a sport, and I respect it. I think it's an awesome sport. But, for example, like as a rugby player, I would not go to a CrossFit class and do it because a lot of the training is just not applicable to me. Like, for example. Sure, all the body weight stuff is cool, but at the end of the day, kipping pull-ups aren't exactly going to you know, do much for me um, as a rugby player. And that's just the way it is. But in saying that, there's a lot of awesome, thi- awesome things about CrossFit. You know, the body weight stuff, the fucking, those high, high uh, intensity kind of cardio things. Jeez, I, sorry, I've just zoned out a bit there. Where they're doing, where they go from like, a rower straight to um straight to an assault bike, straight to a ski erg. Like that's insane. That's crazy. And then obviously the Olympic weightlifting as well. Uh the I guess the only thing I don't agree with um like the Olympic weightlifting in that is I don't think it's that intelligent to be doing Olympic weightlifting for time because that's not really how it was like for example, as many reps as you can in this possible time. Uh that's not really how it was designed. You know, Olympic weightlifting is literally the definition of a power sport. So to take that and then, you know, bump the reps up really high. You Sorry, is that my dog barking? Yeah, it is my dog barking. Uh, you're probably looking at something that's, you know, going to have some injury implications. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, you know, but there's so many people who don't get injured doing CrossFit. Yeah, there is, but there's a shit ton of people who get in, who play rugby and get injured as well, 
And just because there's people who don't get injured doesn't mean that it's not an also dangerous sport. Like rugby is a dangerous sport. There's no two ways around that, especially at a high level. You've got, to, think about this, you've got two guys who are 100 odd kilos running as hard as they possibly can at each other. Something is going to fucking, something's got to give, whether it's bones or ligaments or muscle tissue, something is going to give. That's just the fucking way it is. So, you know, just because just because some people don't get hurt doesn't mean it's also dangerous. That being said, I think CrossFit is awesome, um, but just exercise with caution. I think with CrossFit, I think learn the basics before you start doing shit for time. Like, in my opinion, you probably shouldn't. Like, there's no reason why you can't do like Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting separately, and then do the more high intensity, like I guess body weight, and then. Um, like machine conditioning exercises together. Like I think that that'd be an awesome way of incorporating CrossFit in. But um, that's a, that's a bit there. Fucking hell, I'm zoning out hard. Fitness Australia need to stop emailing me. It's really boiling my piss. I get like an email every single day, and it's just a fucking promotional thing. So Fitness Australia, can you stop emailing me, mate? Like. I don't even fuck it. Honestly, they probably sent me a, sent me an email like every day for about three months after I finished my cert three four, um, uh, telling me that I needed to convert from student to like practitioner or whatever. And it's like fuck, man, I don't want to. Like, if I wanted to, don't you reckon I would have you know done it after maybe the first three or four emails and not the last fucking sixty five? Boils my piss. But um, you know that's just the way it is, I guess. Uh, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast this morning with Brendan Shaw, and I'll tell you what, it's fucking insane how many views Joe Rogan gets on his podcast. Like, I'd say Joe Rogan is like, the Joe Rogan experience is like the podcast in terms of everything, you know, probably the biggest array of guests, the most um, most views, you know, everything like that. Like I'm not saying I'm bothered by views or lack of views. Um, but I guess when you've got that many people listening, there's, then it is typically accepted that people enjoy what you're doing. Uh, I think, you know, in like, I think eight hours or something, like it hasn't even been eight hours. Probably, oh, yeah, probably six or seven hours. It's already got 300,000 views. So that's that's insane. <laughs> that's absolutely insane. Like that's some fucking top of the food chain YouTube views there. Um, but you know, it's a great podcast and I, I enjoyed it a lot. I was looking at, um, I was looking at something earlier and it was about like rugby growing in the States and rugby growing altogether. Uh, and how rugby, how can rugby go mainstream? And unfortunately the only thing that is going to take rugby mainstream in terms of by mainstream, I mean like, like if you're not in America, it doesn't fucking count. Like, and I hate to say that, but if your sport isn't in America, there's there's no money in it. Um, it, it soccer is an exemption. Like soccer really is the it's the world game. That being said, um, it is in America, and there are well paid players in America. Now the thing with the thing with rugby overall. The only thing that's going to take rugby there is money. And unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Basically, how you can, I guess, the, the biggest thing with rugby, right, I think, 
is players need to start promoting themselves. And I don't mean saying, you know, sounding like dickheads, but, you know, actually saying something other than, you know, oh, full credit to the boys, you know, back to the drawing board on Monday and, you know, hopefully a big game next week. Like, we just need more than that. We've heard that a billion times, like literally a billion times. No one wants to fucking hear that. There's a reason why no one watches whatever the fuck the Fox Sports rugby coverage is. Is because it's boring and it's biased. Like it's so biased, it's ridiculous. Um, I just I can't I don't and also it's not just me who says this. Like pretty much everyone I talk to cannot watch Fox Sports rugby because it is so fucking intolerable. You know, in my eyes, it just shows really what the target demographic is. Like rugby league, you watch Monday night with Matty Johns, is without a doubt probably the best sports show on TV. It's that good. It's hilarious. You know, there's some good points. But overall, it's a comedy show. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, they're talking about sport and talking about all that, but you know, they have the Fletch and Hindy segments. They have the recurring jokes. What 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 does rugby have to combat that? You know, we have the same fucking guys who've been doing it since 2006, adding this, like, there's only so many times you can hear someone say, yeah, we've just got to muscle up today. Or, yeah, we'll win it through the forwards and the backs will finish out wide. Like, fuck. Saying that, saying that the forwards will muscle up and the backs will finish out wide is literally one step short of saying, yeah, let's just get the ball and put it over the opposition line and that's how we're going to win the game. Like, it's literally the fucking most obvious and basic way of explaining it. Um, so how does rugby get mainstream? Number one is money. And the Western Force are actually doing it because they've got that billionaire backing them. But the only way that rugby will ever be mainstream is to get big in the States. And the only way that we're going to get the best athletes into rugby is money. Because shit, like you in... There's just no way it's working out that anything, you know, that anyone playing in the NFL at a higher level or playing even in the NBA or anything like that is going to come to rugby when literally the, the contracts are maximum like a million a season. And that's like the top of the range is a million a year. Like that's the, the best players are on a million a year. It's just also the travel schedule's fucked. You know, who wants to play for 80 grand a year playing super rugby when you have to travel to New Zealand three weeks in a row, then South Africa, you know, another three weeks in a row, play a couple of games in Australia, and then if you make the Wallabies fuck off on the spring tour for six weeks? You know, the travel is insane for rugby. You know, think about rugby league. It's all in Australia. Every single game is in Australia. The other thing with money is state of origin players get 30, 30 grand every single origin they play. So if they play all three origins, that's an extra $90,000 on their contract every single year. Yeah, fair enough, you've got to make the team, but fuck, if you offered me 90 grand to play three rugby games, I'm not exactly, you know, walking away from that. So I, you know, that, that's basically, that 90 grand, that's more than most rugby players are on in Australia. Genuinely, like, I don't. I think people are completely overestimating how much rugby players are paid. You know, the, the reason why the force folded 
um, from Super Rugby is because there is no money in rugby. The ARU has fucking proven they cannot manage rugby in Australia. There's no grassroots. You know, basically, people think you're a superstar if you play New South Wales schoolboys. Nobody gives a fuck about New South Wales schoolboys. As soon as you finish, everyone's just in club rugby. So it doesn't matter if you played New South Wales schoolboys or played fucking Scots College 615. You know what I mean? It literally does not matter. So the fact of the matter is, rugby needs three things. Number one, a better pathway. Like an actual pathway. Where, you know, this is, here's the crazy thing. And I was thinking about this the other day, and it's definitely not a revelation, but no one's really brought it up before. Why are the only people getting the support at a young age the best players? Because look, I can assure you the best players at 14 are not the best players at 17 and 18. You know, there's a huge range of players at 13, 14 who grow and become the better players and put in the work. But think about it this way. Take someone who, let's just look at it the way it works. All right, someone hits puberty at 13. At under 14s, they get selected in whatever team. Let's say New South Wales country. Someone else hasn't hit their growth spurt yet is at 14 as well. So basically what happens is that kid who's just because he's a bit bigger has hit his growth spurt, is getting that coaching at a higher level, is understanding what they need to do. That other kid you know, is discouraged. He feels a bit shit about himself for not making the team, but he hasn't grown yet. And also you know, he's not getting that coaching though. So why are we offering, why are we only offering coaching to the best players at a young age group? Why can't we offer it to any to the people who actually want to fucking get better? You know, that's the thing with rugby camps is it's like, I think rugby camps, like Camp Waratah is a joke. Let's just be fucking honest. It's a joke. It's literally a game, a couple of games a touch, maybe a, a little tackling drill, and then, you know, give everyone a ball and a couple of photos with, mate, with a couple of shitty Waratahs players. And that's pretty much how it is. And I went to a couple, and sure, they were fun, but reflecting on them, did they make me a better player? No, they definitely didn't. I had fun with them. Don't get me wrong, they were really enjoyable, so they do a good job there, but they're not, you know, advancing you as a rugby player. So, you know, what I'd like to see is someone literally offering elite coaching. Even if you have to pay it privately, no one's offering that shit. You know, maybe that's what I'll do, is start offering better coaching, because at the end of the day, you can't, like, what if someone is, let's say, to be, let's say to make the rep team, you need to be an 8 out of 10. And this kid's a 5 out of 10, but he fucking really wants to be a rep player. You know, who, who is anyone, who am I, who are you, who, who is anyone to tell him that he can only get good coaching when he somehow is meant to teach himself to become a rep player? It should be someone else who's coaching him. And let's, like, let's be fucking frank. The coaching of junior players is absolutely atrocious. Like half, honestly, half the coaches on the coast are fucking fresh, you know, six VBs down and are just coaching because their kid plays halfback in the team. Like that, let's just be honest about it. So we've actually got to, you know, start offering it to the kids who want to get better because it's, men, it's a mentality thing. Like, I just think, like, in my opinion, I'll wrap it up in a sec, but I just, in my opinion, we should offer coaching to the best players. I mean, sorry, not to the best players, to the players with the best attitudes. 
That's that's what I'm talking about. Like, I don't want someone like for example, I've always had this practice with the team that I coach. If you don't train, you don't play. Or you might get like 10 minutes or some shit, but don't show up, don't not show up to training and then get pissed off when you're not getting a run. Because why the fuck how can I justify taking off that kid who's been to every single practice all year, puts in the effort? Like, how can I justify putting you in over him when you haven't showed up? You've just been at home playing fucking games. You know, that's just the way it is, but offer it to the kids who want it. That's my opinion. And then obviously, we need to get into America. Um, There's the Major League Rugby now. How big is that going to be? It could be big in 10 years. Could be. Maybe you get a few retired All Blacks over there for, you know, 90% of their salary cap, but... Um, nothing's taking over the NFL. It, like college football can get 90,000 to a game. So, uh, and that's, that's like basically not even, that's not even the NFL. So really, you know, I don't think anything's ever going to take over the NFL in America, but it'd be nice to get some sort of, some athletes. Like, for example, this is what I'm thinking, like fucking, why isn't USA Rugby or anyone going to the NFL Combine and or even researching and asking people who go to the combine who don't get offers, ask them if they want to come and play rugby. You know, why are people not doing... I, honestly, I'm, I'm struggling to understand this. And I guess they don't have the wages to pay them. But shit, I reckon it'd be pretty cool. Like if you ask someone who's in the NFL and say, look, mate, within three years, you could be wearing a USA Eagles jersey, playing for the US, playing rugby for the US. I reckon they'd be pretty keen. Uh, but shit, we've been on for a while... Um, and my quote of the day, I'm not going to explain it too too much. Uh, my quote is have patience. All things are difficult before they come become easy. Uh, so obviously first day is the worst day. That's another one. First day is the worst day. Uh, but all things are difficult before they come easy. So you can't expect to be good at something before you put in the effort and try uh, and just be patient with it. You know, it's hard to be patient with it. I've been, I remember when I was goal kicking when I was like eight or nine and I literally could not get the fucker off a, off the ground, but, um, it was hard to start off with. And then it just gradually got easier. Um, you just have to be patient with it and consistent, but, um, I hope you've been, I hope you've enjoyed it. I've been talking for ages. I've had a good burst of energy here. I'll probably chill out now because, you know, I've hit my burst and probably can't get through much more, but, uh, so today is going to be obviously you're listening to this on Thursday morning. Uh, you have a good Thursday, good Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. She's actually a long amount of time between podcasts. Hey, um, so I hope you have a good next couple of days, a good weekend, uh, and I'll catch you guys next Tuesday.